I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Well, in 2013, the Spirit of God spoke to me and He said, Margie, I want you to teach on the subject of necessary truths in these challenging times. And what He said to me was, is He said, I want you to lay out all the foundational truth that is needed in the times and the seasons that we live in today. And so we went ahead and I taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, why tongues, the heart of the Father, intimacy with the Father, who the Father is. Um, I went in and taught on our dominion and why we have dominion and authority on the earth, taught line upon line, precept upon precept, how to pray, how to enter into the presence of God, how to develop the habit of secret prayer. Um, And then we ended up just talking a little bit about how to stay strong in challenging times. And with that being said, as I approached 2015, I really felt like God was calling me to once again do that kind of teaching whereby we lay down scripture after scripture after scripture of a very necessary truth and that necessary truth that we are going to focus on in the next eight sessions is the art of intercession now as i go into my teaching i just want you to know that i am like the roadrunner <laughs> i'm just going to go right through the scriptures And the beauty of radio and internet TV is that you can pause the button and you can start it and stop it and you can just go back to these scriptures. And like the Bible says, you could study to show yourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What that means is take the things that I'm teaching and and take it to the word of God and see for yourself if those things that I'm teaching you are truly in the scriptures. Because what we want to do is we want to build a solid foundation. And it's the solid foundation in this subject that is going to cause men and women to rise up and to be the men and women of prayer that I believe he is calling us to be. I truly believe that God is raising up another generation of men and women who are called to the place of prayer. And the reason I'm focusing on intercessory prayer is because I heard Kenneth E. Hagin say one time that if we're not careful, we will lose the art of intercession to the generations to come, meaning it'll be a lost art meaning people won't know how to pray the prayer of intercession, meaning people won't understand the rules that govern this type of prayer. And don't worry, I'm going to tell you everything that I know about the prayer of intercession. I don't know everything about intercession, but I'm going to teach you the things that God has taught me and be faithful to what he has taught me, and I'm going to share it and impart it unto you. 
So again, I just want to repeat, Kenneth E. Hagen once said, if we are not careful, the art of intercession will be lost to the generations to come. And that's why we're doing this seminar. We're doing this seminar because I believe we're on the threshold of this type of prayer being lost to this generation. People don't understand it. They don't understand the rules that govern it. And I believe what God wants to do is he wants to revive this particular area of prayer in the body of Christ. And we're gonna get into all the scriptures, but let me just say this, this type of prayer is not like all the other prayers spoken of in the Word of God. Again, it has different rules that govern successful praying when it comes to the prayer of intercession. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm just gonna give you a lot of scriptures. And again, I just want you to go into your Bibles and, and study these things in your Bibles. The beauty of the times and the seasons that we live in today is that we have everything we need. We have uh, CDs, we have internet, we have YouTube, we have uh, iPads, we have all these different ways that we can get the Word of God. And that's good. But what I want to encourage you to do is go search these things out for yourself. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you to get a Bible, like a real Bible that you could hold in your hand and, and, and open the Bible and look at all these scriptures and look them up. You know, I, 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 I understand that we have our phones and we look up things in our phones, but how about just getting a Bible and, and having it sit by your bedside and, and, and treasure the Word of God? because the Word of God is like a treasure. And so I just wanna encourage you to stay with me as I teach on this. Um, I also wanna encourage you that I have a book called Marked for Intercession, and there's 16 chapters, I believe, on, 20, oh, actually, there's 26 chapters on the prayer of intercession. So if you would like to have this particular book, you can go ahead and contact us on our website at margieflorent.org and you can order the book through there. So let's begin. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 and 25 that whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the winds come and the storms come, and beat against that house, that house does not fall. Why? Because that house was built on the living word of God that lives and abides forever. It's very important that we build our lives, build our churches, build our families, build our homes, build our nation on the word of God so that when the winds come, and the storms come and beat against our house, we won't fall. Why? Because we have a good foundation. And the foundation is the Word of God. I remember a man of God said one time, you know what, it's, it's important that we have the Word. And it's important that we build our lives on the Word. But we also need the Spirit. He said, too much Word and you dry up. Too much Spirit and you blow up you get an agreement and a harmony of both the word and the spirit and you grow up. 
So it's important that we build our lives on the Word of God, on the principles of the Word of God, but the Bible also says that my house will be called a house of prayer. Yes, build your house, build your lives on the Word of God, but don't just stop there. Be a man or a woman of prayer. Implement prayer in your life. Make prayer a habit. Make prayer a lifestyle. Cause prayer to be something that you desire and you crave. And the way you begin to desire and crave prayer is by spending time in the presence of God. I remember for me, when I was at Rama Bible Training Center, I was there and I was a 19-year-old girl. And I actually was just born again. I was only six months old in the Lord. And um, I remember hearing all these things about the Word of God and listening and hearing teachings on faith and who we are in Christ and, and, and uh, you know, what happened from the cross to the throne. And we used to have all these, uh, in those days, heavy hitter speakers come in and, and speak to us. We had, you know, you may, you may have never heard of these guys, but the Nanowskis and Kenneth Copeland and... Kennedy Hagan, of course, came and spoke to us. He was actually one of our teachers, uh, Fred Price. And we were hearing all these things in the Word of God. And I remember sitting there going, I, I'm learning so much and I'm growing so much. But there was something in me that was missing. Can you believe it? I was born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, was hearing and doing and trying my best to do the Word of God. But something inside of me was unsatisfied. And one day I asked God, I said, well, what is it that I'm, I'm craving? What is it that I feel that I need? And he said to me, Margie, you could build your house on the word of God. He said, but I'm calling you to prayer. I'm calling you to a place of intimacy with me that can only be developed in the place of secret prayer. And that's where my journey began. And I believe that many of you are on the same journey. You feel like something is missing or you just feel like there's more uh, when it comes to the things of God. I believe God is speaking to you right now. And what he's saying to you is, I am calling you to prayer. I am calling you to spend time with me. I am calling you to dedicate and consecrate yourself to me and to be a house of prayer. Okay, so I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 56. And it says here in verse 7, it says here, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted upon my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So those of us who are born again, those of us who have Jesus in our hearts, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the house of prayer. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And the beauty of living under the new covenant is simply this, that truthfully, we have it better than Adam and Eve. I said, we have it better than Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve used to have to wait for God to come down in the cool of the garden, and then Adam and Eve would have fellowship with the Father. But the beauty of living in the New Testament church and being a house of prayer is that we can go to God anytime, 
any place, at any moment, and we can pray to our Father. And the beauty of it is, our Father who sees in secret, He will reward us openly. And as we said, there's all different kinds of prayer. There's continual prayer, there's closet praying, but we're specifically going to be talking about the art of intercession. So that's the beauty, that we can pray anytime, any place. We are the house of prayer. Now notice this scripture says, he says, even them will I bring to my holy mountain. So God is calling his church to prayer. And he's not just calling women to prayer. Most of the time you see in the churches, you know, that it's only the women that are the strong people of prayer or come to all the prayer meetings. No, I have, I have some news for you guys that in the Old Testament, many strong, amazing intercessors were men. Okay, so God is not just calling the ladies or the women to prayer, he's calling both men and women to the place of prayer. And I believe that the fivefold ministry gift has equipped us and we are right in a place where we can begin to take all the knowledge that we have and we can begin to use it, not just for ourselves, to have favor for ourselves, and I believe in favor, and to have prosperity. But I believe what's happening is, is God is turning things, and instead of being an inward church, he's endeavoring to get his church to turn outward and use all the knowledge of the scriptures that we have and begin to use it in the place of prayer. Now, I can guarantee you one thing. You are hearing God speaking to your heart. He is calling you to prayer. He said, even them, he said, will be a house of prayer. I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. So I would ask that you respond to the Spirit of God. And as you sense him calling you, just respond and say yes, and then allow him to teach you. We're living in a very strong prophetic day. And the Bible says in Isaiah 62, 6 and 7, God said, I have set watchmen upon your walls. Now, in this case, it was, O Jerusalem, you that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent and give him no rest till he establishes and makes Jerusalem, in this case, a praise in the earth. I believe that God is in the process and we're in the time place where he is raising up prophetic intercessors who are called to be watchmen. Watchmen. A watchman, we're going to get into this later, is somebody who guards and protects. A watchman is somebody who sees trouble from afar. A watchman is someone who stands on the walls of a city, so to speak, and can see things that others can't see. We're living in a very prophetic moment in history. There's never been a time like this time where there's been so much teaching on the prophetic. Am I right? Just like my generation, my generation, we had a lot of teaching on faith, on the Bible, who we are in Christ. And then things changed, and then people began to learn how to be prophetic. And I believe we're a prophetic church. God has raised us up to be a prophetic church. But I believe he wants to take uh, that training that we've received as a prophetic people and bring it into the place of the prayer of intercession. And I believe that's what the enemy fears. 
He fears you. He fears me getting into this place of prayer and demolishing his works. And that's exactly what intercessory prayer does. It demolishes the works of darkness. And that's what the enemy is trying to steal from us, the art of intercession. Remember that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If he can stop us from praying, he can do whatever he wants on the earth. And I'm going to show you why in a bit. Now, Luke 20, Luke chapter 2, verse 36. I'm going to go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to show you something. We're talking about the call being to all for everyone. And then we said that there's some of you that are prophetic intercessors that he's calling, not just to use your prophetic insight for yourself and to minister to people on the streets, but he's calling you to use your prophetic insight in the place of prayer. And the Bible says, to whom much is given, much more is required. And I believe that much more is being required of this prophetic generation. And I believe what God is saying is he wants us to begin to stir up the gifts of God that are in us and begin to use what we have learned and use it in the place of prayer. Amen. So Luke chapter 2. Let's look at someone who was a praying person, but she was not a prophetic person. She actually stood in the office of the prophet. Okay? So you could stand in the office of the prophet, and most prophets are intercessors. Actually, all prophets are intercessors. But just because you're a prophetic watchman, that doesn't make you a prophet. I just want to let you know that. You could be a prophetic watchman, but that doesn't mean you necessarily are standing in the office of the prophet. It's basically all about function. It's really not about title. Let's just all do what we're called to do, and then we'll see results in the, in the world. Amen? So let's look at Anna. She was a true prophet. Anna, she not only responded to the call to be a prophetic woman, she also responded to the call to prayer. Look, look here at verse 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser, and she was of a great age, and she lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not, I love this, she did not depart from the temple, but she served God, how? With fastings and prayer night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord, and she spoke of him to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. So what happened here is Anna was a prophetess. She operated in the word of wisdom, and she saw that the Messiah was coming. She prophesied it. She said it. And instead of just prophesying and letting that word of prophecy just fall to the ground, so to speak, or, or, or just, you, you know, show everybody that she could prophesy, she decided, say decided. She decided she was going to take that word of prophecy and she was going to take it into prayer and give birth to it. Now that may be a new term for you and we're going to talk about that in this particular seminar. She had to give birth to it, so to speak. That's why intercession is different from other kinds of praying. And we're going to talk about this. She had to give birth to the prophecy that was spoken. And she served God 
with fastings and prayer night and day. In other words, she made prayer her ministry. And I can remember when I was a single girl, and those were the days, you know, and I just had all kinds of time in the world. And it was my desire to do something for God. It was my desire to be close to God. It was my desire to fulfill something on the inside of me that was calling me. And when God began to stir me in prayer, he said to me, Margie, he said, singleness can either be ministry or misery. He said, you can make prayer your ministry. You're not in five-fold ministry, ministry right now. You're not in front of people. You're not like, you know, out there yet. He said, but for this time and for this season, you can make prayer your ministry, just like you can make your prayer your ministry. And I believe there's many of you who are going to pick up the mantle of the power of prayer, and you're going to walk in it. And the beauty of, of, of a prayer ministry is that when you die, well, you don't really die, but when your spirit leaves your body and you go up to stand before the Father, the Bible says in Revelations that your works will follow you. Whatever you do in secret, your works will follow you. So when you decide that you're going to make prayer your ministry and, and you go to heaven, the Father's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful to answer the call to prayer. Now come on in and enter the kingdom of God. And look at all the people's lives that you affected. Look at all the ministries that you prayed for. Look at the nations that you prayed for. See, the reason why so many people get discouraged when it comes to prayer is because they don't, they don't see what they're doing all the time. That's why Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, he said, men ought to always pray, not faint. We don't always see what we're doing when we're praying. But I can guarantee you, the Bible says that prayer opens up the door for God to work. The Bible says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I think the Amplified says dynamic in its working. So when you pray, you don't always see what you're doing. But I guarantee you this, your prayers are putting God to work in the earth. When I first began to learn how to pray, I just did what 2 Timothy said. Pray, first of all, for kings and all that are in authority, that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So I'd go into prayer. I'd pray for the nation, the United States. My nation is the United States. What nation is yours? Whatever nation you live in, that's your nation. God told Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot treads upon, I have given it to you. So you as a believer in your nation, I want you to start to think about the fact that that nation is yours. You are the godly, you are the righteous in that nation and your prayers can avail much to change the course of your nation. It's your nation, it belongs to you. So I would just go into prayer and I'd start praying for the nation and then I would take out my list and then I would pray for my mom, my dad, my brothers, my, I don't have any sisters, but my friends. And I would just have my list, and I'd go down my list. And then one day the Holy Spirit said to me, 1 John 2, 27, he said, it's okay that you're going in with your list. He said, but I want to teach you how to pray. <laughs> I want to lead, guide, and direct you in the place of prayer, just like I lead, guide, and direct you 
in all the other affairs of life by my spirit. And as I allowed the Holy Spirit to develop me in prayer, I found him leading and guiding me in my times of prayer, not just to pray for my family, my friends. I found that as I continued in prayer, that I would be watching and standing in the gap on the behalf of a city, on behalf of a region, on the behalf of a nation. And that's when God spoke to me. He said, Margie, he said, your prayers can begin like in Acts 1-8. Begin in Jerusalem. Begin with your families. Begin to pray for those in your sphere of influence. But your prayers could go into Judea. Your prayers can go into the cities. He says, and then as you continue in prayer, he said, your prayers could be like going into Samaria. It'll just keep expanding. And then he said, eventually your prayers can reach the uttermost parts of the world. So in the spirit, when you're praying for another nation, so to speak, that's not your nation, you're not there, but in the spirit, you're, you, you don't have to be there. You're there in the spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So the beauty of prayer and the call to prayer is your prayers can reach the uttermost parts of the world. And so, again, that's when it gets exciting. When you go into prayer and you have your list, but the Holy Spirit leads you off and causes you to pray for things you didn't even think about praying. My friends, a praying Christian is a happy Christian. <laughs> a praying church is a happy church. I can always sense as an itinerant speaker when I go into a church if they're a praying church. Not only is there greater wisdom and revelation flowing in that service, but the people don't have that spirit of heaviness on them. Because when you pray, you're entering into the presence of God, and the Bible says, in his presence, right, Psalm 1611, is fullness of joy. And so when you're in his presence, it's just, it's just, it's just, he's downloading his presence, and it's causing you to have joy and freedom. And the Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Your strength is kept in prayer. So one week without prayer makes one week. It's very important that we don't neglect our time with God. So he says, I'll make them joyful in my house of prayer. Now, before we close, I want to share a scripture with you, another scripture that I love. It's found in Revelations chapter 3, Revelations chapter 8, verse 3 through 4. When you pray... You may not see this with your physical eyes, but this is what's happening in the spirit. When you pray, your prayers are ascending up into the throne of God, and they are a sweet-smelling fragrance like incense. <laughs> you can't smell it. You can't see it, but it's happening. Well, how do you know it's happening? Because the Bible says in Revelation chapter 8, verse 3 through 4, then another angel having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. So when you pray, you answer that call to prayer, you become a fragrance, not only to God, but to all the people that you come in contact with.
And I don't know about you, but that's one of the greatest rewards that I think we could have as men and women of prayer. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.